Hey folks, this is Eric. The Gobbles Corner is currently on vacation, so here's a few of our favorite clips over the last 112 shows. We hope you enjoy them as much as we do. See you next week. That's how we roll. 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 There's a good chance there's since planes are technically infinite, right? That when the doors open, nothing's gonna be there. Because all of the planes are huge. But it very possible that when it opens up, there's a demon with an axe. Yeah, ready to take a swing or an archon or whatnot. I would also put in like some special options like if you roll a 99 or 100 right then a bellhop appears or somebody attempting to escape the plane comes running and says hold the door yes that would be great (laughs) can you imagine a slot with like a business suit hold on i gotta get out of here i that would be terrifying a slot with a business Business suit suit. what's it what where did he come from what was he trying to acquire hostile takeover perhaps you never know a lawful slot. Yeah, well, can't be that lawful. I mean, he's got he, a business suit, though. I mean, you know, he's right. If he's got a power tie, you never know, man. It could be, it could be some kind of he's aberration. It's possible, yeah. Power <laughs> tie. There you go. But next, we have a classic for our show. Finally explained. Yes, we've been making this joke for at least ten episodes, and one of our friends actually drew this creature for us i think this is like almost 30 episodes in at this point yeah whatever anyhow (laughs) point is is that we decided to put this into an aquatic atrocity and it is the beholder shark sure there you go makes sense i'll our friend jess that was episode 64 time periods part two yeah the description goes as follows silently swimming through the water is a sleek long finned shark trailing a series of eel-like tentacles a tentacle orients in your direction as you approach, and you notice that each is tipped with a baleful eye. A large central eye in the center of the shark turns to regard you as a maw filled with large sharky teeth opens. Sure. Meet the ultimate predator. You never had a chance. It's great, right? Yep. It's just a big beholder shark. <laughs> it's, it's, a be, it's a shark with a beholder central eye mm-hmm. and then tentacles trailing all around it. Sure. Sounds awful. And if you're thinking, well, what kind of shark? Oh, don't worry. We've got some variants. So it's a beholder and a shark. Pretty much. Okay. Easy, to, easy, right? But it's got eye blasts because beholders have eye blasts. Right. So what do they do? Well, I'm thinking that the central eye is definitely going to be anti-magic. Sure. Because. Classic. It's a classic beholder, right? Right. Uh, now, I did kind of rearrange several of the eye rays to be more thematic to like an underwater intelligent shark whose whole purpose is to eat. Sure. Because that's what it does, right? It is right. the perfect eating machine that can now zap you and eat you. It's so an here, alpha predator. Yeah. Makes so sense. We've got beholders have 10 rays. Mm-hmm. So here are the rays. Sleep ray. Sure. Color spray. Because it dazzles. Yeah. It dazzles and eats you. Paralyzing ray. It paralyzes and eats you. Watery sphere. Mm-hmm. So I, instead of telekinesis, it has watery sphere. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. Also good for taking sailors off of ships. Absolutely. Slowing ray so that it can catch you and eat you. Sure. Rary's telepathic bond. Okay. Communication-wise. Needs yeah. something to communicate with so it can tell you that it's going to eat you. Sure. <laughs> Control water. 
Now you can slap a whole bunch of people off of the ship. Yes. Programmed illusion. That has a lot of options. Yes. And then just because I'm an asshole, chain lightning ray. Sure. And the death ray that they all have. Right. So I removed disintegration because it didn't seem, what are they going to disintegrate? And and you can't eat something you've disintegrated. Exactly. But you can chain lightning it and cook it. Exactly. The delicate flavor of ozone. Yes. Combat-wise, the Beholder Shark softens its prey up with a well-placed eye blast, then goes for the kill in much the usual way sharks kill things, up close and personal. Uh, Beholder Sharks suffer from blood frenzy, much like their more natural counterparts, foregoing eye rays and subtlety for brute force and violence. And savvy adventurers can often use that to their advantage. Sure. So if you know that you're up against one... Chum the water. Yes. And then it won't use tactics. It turns into... Another shark. shark. Right. I'm going to ask anyway. What's the ecology of this thing? It does have one. Beholder sharks compete with eyes of the deep for food, as well as other aquatic monsters beneath the large, cold, oceanic waters. Several species of beholder sharks exist, including the common beholder shark, the violent but less blasty great white beholder shark, the terrifying hammerhead beholder shark, and the lazy and hedonist beholder whale shark. Sure. (laughs) Don't ask me why it's hedonist. I, I wasn't gonna. Yeah. <laughs> right. And if you're eating flump, you're going to hell. I'm just saying. One of them. Yeah, you're going to no, some hell. Yeah. Acheron. You don't even abyss, get to pick carcery. it. Yeah, we're going to roll randomly for your hell. We, yeah, you're just going to go to some hell. How dare you eat those poor little guys. They're just so cute. They, they fart when they fly. And you take another gold coin and you hollow it out. You have to find some metal that it will not eat. And then you have to somehow get it to eat the metal until it dies. You have to kill a flump in front of it and it just dies of sorrow. And that's what's going to happen. Horror. Horror. Yeah. Because the, the poor thing's if like, this, how if dare these, you kill if, that flump? If these people will kill a flump, what are they going to do to me? And he just dies of fright. Yeah. So think about those flumps, guys, because you shouldn't be killing them. You're going to hell. I'm just telling you. You're going to one of those hells. You keep looking at me when you say that. I need <laughs> you to look at the camera or something going, else. You. I didn't kill any flumps. I want to be clear about God this. Goddamn flump killer. How dare you? Well, kill that lich. He just killed my, my aunt. Earth of, Oath of Vengeance, baby. Yeah. Killed my cat. How dare you? He oh, stepped on a flump? Oh. You f- how dare you? <laughs> that's that's what it is. We're gonna have we're gonna have a flump vengeance. <laughs> the, the the paladin oath of flump vengeance. Sure, it's gonna have a little. <laughs> the insignia is gonna be a flump, maybe a pillow. I kind of see them like as their armor is kind of like the Care Bears, like the night was it eighties nineties Care Bears mm-hmm. cartoons, but it looks something like that. So it's like bright pink armor and stuff. They might have like some flowers and stuff on them. And a big ass sword. It's serrated. Because <laughs> if you mess up a flump, you're going to pay bodily for that. War pick. Right? War, oh yeah. You war gotta, pick. You have to have something that just doesn't even care about it. It was designed to not care about humanoid a giant life. giant sized maul. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> anything. That's when you break out the maul of the titans, my friend. And you kill a flump. Just saying. Don't do it. Go to hell. Uh, what I went with for the purposes of this particular exercise was a quasi-religious group 
that's dedicated to either a philosophy, an ideal, a specific person or creature, mm-hmm. or even an object. So, like, like a cult of a cheese sandwich? Could be, or, you know, like a, a cult of a magic cup, or, oh, yeah. you know, the dawn sword which slayed the great vampire lord, blah, 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 right? Something like that. I'm going with the cult of the cheese sandwich. Sure. Because cheese sandwiches are delicious. Yes. All the time, all, all day, the, every day. All day, every day, no problem. Then that's a different type of cult. Sure. I mean, take your example. The cult of the cheese sandwich, right? Like, that's pretty much a mealtime cult. <laughs> right? I, I'm just saying. Like, I'm not denigrating your cheese sandwich. I'm no, just saying You that, shouldn't. It's a damn good cheese sandwich. It's got Havarti in it, baby. Part of me hoped that that turn of phrase becomes like a household name like what denigrating the cheese sandwich no 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 what what is it dinner time, time cult mealtime cult that's it <laughs> i'm hoping that 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 catches. we're making that into a t-shirt <laughs> the mealtime cult just have a big cheese sandwich on the front and it's just a, the mealtime cult damn right man i'm gonna make that into a t-shirt right now <laughs> i can't wait right there, time down. is an illusion lunchtime doubly, Lunch so. doubly so the devil or the demon in good omens designed an overpass that is an evil symbol that every time somebody drives over it it increases the power of hell it increases the power of hell right yeah so take that same concept yeah for a cheese sandwich yeah yeah people are ingesting that that could be your secret badge right like whatever the design on the cheese sandwich is every time you eat a cheese sandwich a delicious cheese sandwich the cheese lord it's one step closer to materializing <laughs> on the prime material plane, everyone. Yes. That's right. He comes from the demi plane of cheese. Molten- Lord Cheddar. Yeah. Lord Cheddar. Lord Cheddar. <laughs> we're going to run that at some point. Sure, why not? Okay. Look, we're probably going to run that in our Planescape campaign at some point. Just yeah. be prepared, guys. I keep thinking of that old Primus album. What's it was sailing on the sea- seas of cheese? Yeah, man. I'm no- just- nothing but seas of cheese. And I have a boat made of pretzels. Yes. All hail Cheddar. All hail Cheddar. But you you generally already know who the bad guys are in a hero campaign, especially if you start off with like a big focal point, like the world is on fire because of this guy. I didn't mention... Eruptus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very nice. Eruptus, the world phallus. (laughs) That's that's on you, my friend. I was going (laughs) to drop it, but no, you, you brought it back up now. There is a time and a place. And I think part of it is murder hoboing has different definitions to different people, mm-hmm. right? You don't wander into a town and burn down the whole town or whatever. Then you're playing a villain campaign. That's correct. But if you happen to stumble upon a party of bandits or a party of you know, goblins that are besieging a party of bandits or a party of whatever that... Is party of kobolds that are besieging a party of goblins that Which are besieging bandits. Well, the kobolds have trapped the goblins ah. who are then murdering the bandits who are robbing the common people. I gotcha. See, that's how that works. That's also a turducken, a D&D turducken right there. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Making a fireball explode into Paisley matters to Hamblish the Paisley Mage, but has no bearing on mechanics in any way. I love this. And I want you to play Hamblish the Paisley Mage, by the way. That's because... some, I will I will absolutely. He has to be colorblind, though. That's why he wears Paisley. He just sees nothing but black and white patterns. That'd be hilarious as well. That would be even more fun because that means I don't even know what color the spells are. 
He should he should cast chromatic spray all the time. This doesn't matter to me. But it needs to also have the Willy Wonka patterns with it. Be great. <laughs> but yeah, if once again that that has no mechanical change to it. A Paisley fireball. It's funny, but I mean, unless you're the one hit by the fireball. Ah, it's still <laughs> funny then. You got hit by a Paisley fireball. Especially if it burns Paisley. Get like, little Paisley flames? Yeah. If, yeah. If you, where'd you get that scar? Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Paisley scar. How, how did that happen? Well, See what happened was. This is mage. <laughs> so I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a shot. We have come to the final Chimera. Mm-hmm. You ready? Here we go. The Flocka Rocka Waka Flocka. You got it right on Boom. the money, man. First try. Flocka Rocka Waka Flocka. Okay. Just <laughs> sure. You know how I love alliteration. I do. So, sure. What's it made out of, man? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Make it happen. It is the lead singer of the Flocka Seagulls. Okay. The Rock. Uh huh. And Waka Flocka, the rapper. Uh huh. <laughs> I wanted a, a true chimera. So it is a chimera with the heads of those three musicians. Okay, so what's the rest of the description? All right. At the peak of the summit, you see a strange creature composed of an eagle front, lion back, and a snake tail. Very typical chimera. Sure. Three human heads gaze at you and prepare to sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so what are the... So it's a chimera with... Three celebrity faces. Yes. Okay. How delightful. And, and this can be sci-fi, fantasy, other. Horror. Eh, definitely horror. <laughs> this could totally be like a nightmare dream horror game. Oh, yeah. But I was also thinking a, a uh, super sci-fi, you go to like another planet or something like that, and these guys are there because maybe it's in the future and they got cloned. Yeah, like a Psychonauts dream sequence would Psychonauts, also would be. Totally Psychonauts for this. Yes. I miss that game. All right, what are the stats, special defenses, and attacks? The Flocka Rocka Waka Flocka has three bite attacks, so it's three heads, mm -hmm. and it's got a snake tail, so it can bite you. So it's got poison. Okay. Like that. Uh, the first head, Mike Score, the head, and that's the lead singer of the Flocka Seagulls for you kids. Don't know who that is. Casts a wave of confusion. Why a wave? Because it's new wave music, guys. Sure, man. <laughs> sure thing. The the head of the rock. The rock the rock has the rock's uncontrollable hideous flexing, thirty foot cone. It's just like Tasha's uncontrollable hideous laughter, except the victim must flex their physique to all within sight. They also lose all body hair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now So all your body hair falls off and you majestically flex while you're confused by uh Mike Score. Sure. One of the things that I would require for this particular head mm -hmm. is a secondary save. The secondary save... To smell what he's cooking? ...is a constitution save to see how sore you are. Oh, from flexing. From flexing. Because if you're the mage with, like, six string, and you've failed this role several times you can't run away you're just like oh my god i'm totally gonna put that in there yes absolutely and finally the waka flocka head does flame naturally yeah waka flocka flame of course yeah. is it a flaming headbutt or a flaming uh, breeze, cone breath breeze, okay. breeze a cone of flame okay waka flocka flame no 
No, it's not a cone. A line. It's got to be a line. Yeah, it's a line of fire. fire. I agree with that as well. Yeah. Spits fire. All right. What's the ecology? The the flocka rocka waka flocka ranges anywhere where music is appreciated or despised and seeks an audience by which it can sing, which is, uh, by the way, a combined song of I Ran So Far Away by Flock of Seagulls, Mm -hmm. You're Welcome from Moana by The Rock, and No Hands by Waka Flocka. So it mashes all three of those into a mix-up. All right. <laughs> Should the victims not enjoy the mashup, the creature attacks. Okay. And Guaranteed they most likely will not enjoy the mashup. <laughs> so. I can't help myself. Two things here. Firstly, for any of you who are musically inclined, I want you to make this mashup work. I don't just want you to make it. Mm-hmm. I want you to make it work. I ran so far away by Flock of Seagulls. Uh-huh. You're welcome from the Moana soundtrack by The Rock. Uh-huh. And No Hands from Waka Flocka. Think about that. Okay. You can make that work. Props. You know what? You make that work, send it to me, eric at goblinscorn.com or matt at goblinscorn.com. I'll send you a t-shirt. Absolutely. First person that does this, you get a t-shirt. So yep. Just send it to me. Give me your address. You got it. And as for the story. We'll design it. We'll let's just, let's we'll, design them a t-shirt. We'll, yeah, we'll make you a t-shirt. They deserve that. You get one for that. I'll put this thing on it. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I'll design the t-shirt with the walk of flock, the flock of rock of walk of flock. And if they, if they send us a link to where their matchup, uh, their uh, mashup is posted, we'll, stick it we'll on put the that on the t-shirt. On the t-shirt? Sure. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Free advertising. Now, as far as the story, I didn't make one. I just wanted to make something ridiculous. You succeeded. There you go. You know, whole spellcasting setup tied to balloon animals. I would would destroy. You actually make balloon animals, which is why I mentioned that. It'd be great. I could just see you tying balloon animals. What's he doing? He's making a wall of force out of balloon animals. He seems to be casting for a really long time. Is that an I need one more nice talk for this beholder. Yes, <laughs> is that an Umberhawk balloon? So Mr. Fuzz, a.k.a. the meanest cat to ever live. In life, Mr. Fuzz loved only one person, an elderly woman that pampered him whenever he decided to visit. Every other living thing was an enemy. He was once seen mauling a wolf that was trying to catch a dog, only to turn around and also maul the dog. That's a tough-ass cat. So what you have to understand is that this is a slightly exaggerated true story. I once saw this cat maul a coyote that was chasing a dog and then turn around and maul the dog. All right. That's a thing that occurred because that's how little disregard... (laughs) This cat had for living. That cat had a chip on his shoulder, man, and death wish or something. He was berserker in that, that cat in had past a whole life. boulder on his shoulder, man. Yeah, that I mean, God, it was a Viking cat. He wanted to go out with a fury. It'd be a whimsical place. It really would. Magical and whimsical all in one. I'd, I'd see, you know, sea shanties just could be heard as soon as you crest. The wave, you know, you crest the rise, you see the island, you hear the sea shanties before you see the cannons firing. Be delightful. Except when you get hit with the cannon. So what's the name of your island? I was 
thinking something in the neighborhood of freehold or that's a little bland. Though. Yeah, that's it's uh, a go-to. Cannon mount. Cannon mount. Yes, because that as seems- an as an independent trading island, you're gonna have to be able to defend it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you might as well advertise. <laughs> this is Cannon. Have you well, been to Cannon Mount? Have you been to Cannon Mount? Have you gotten shot at? There you go. Here it is. It's a jolly old port town. <laughs> There's people singing sea shanties, and as you crust the rise, you see the island, you can hear the sea shanties before you see the firing of the cannons. Yes. There we very, go. Very yeah. similar to both of ours. It's nice. Cannon Mount. Yeah, Cannon Mount. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. The music is by the Mighty D20. This has been a Subterranean production.